0: Hello everyone, this is Urvashi Chauhan. Welcome to Courts Today by Live Law. We bring you the latest and in-depth legal coverage. Coming to you with a brief of what all happened in the Indian courts today. Today, as the Supreme Court reopened after summer recess, lawyers and litigants were welcomed with a refreshing sight of paperless and digitalized courtrooms. Gone were the huge volumes of law reports which used to be stacked along the walls of courtroom of the CGI and the piles of paper files below the bench. Numerous digital screens and upgraded video conferencing facilities were seen adorning the courtroom. Welcoming the lawyers back, the CGI said that all courtrooms of the Supreme Court would soon be made paperless. The CJI encouraged the senior lawyers to shed their age-old habits of referring to paper files and print out copies of judgments, insisting that they should use only e-documents. Also, the Supreme Court has made the facility of free Wi-Fi available for all advocates, litigants and media persons along with other stakeholders visiting the Supreme Court. The step has been taken as a part of the e-initiatives in the Supreme Court. You can visit our website to know more about how to use the facility. And now coming to an update on the Manipur violence. The Supreme Court today sought for an updated status report from the state of Manipur regarding the present position of the violent clashes between communities which erupted in the state in the last week of March this year. The Supreme Court bench comprising Chief Justice of India D.Y. Chandarchud, Justice P.S. Narasimha, and Justice Manoj Mishra was considering two petitions. First, filed by the Manipur Tribal Forum, Delhi, seeking the protection of the Kuki tribe by the Indian Army. And the second one, filed by Chairman of the Hill Areas Committee of Manipur Legislative Assembly Dingangloong Gangmai challenging the direction of the Manipur High Court to consider the inclusion of Mete community in the scheduled tribe list. The court has directed the state to update the position regarding rehabilitation camps, recovery of arms and law and order. Stay tuned with us as the matter will now be heard next Monday. A constitution bench is set to hear the batch of petitions challenging the abrogation of Article 370 on 11th July this year. The bench taking up the matter comprises CJI D.Y. Chandra Choud, Justice S.K. Kaul, Justice Sanjeev Khanna, Justice B.R. Gavai, and Justice Surya Kant. The petitions are being listed for the first time after 2nd March 2020. The hearings on the Article 370 cases commenced before the five-judge bench in December 2019, almost four months after the notifications were issued by the Centre. A preliminary issue arose in the case as to whether a reference to seven-judge bench was necessary or not. By a judgment dated 2nd March 2020, the Constitution bench held that there was no need to refer the matter to a larger bench. However, the matter was not listed again up until now. The matter was mentioned on two separate occasions before the present CJI D.Y. Chandrachud, who had expressed his inclination on listing the matter. Of the previous bench which heard the matter, Justices N.V. Ramanna and Subhash Reddy have retired. CJI D.Y. Chandrachud and Justice Sanjeev Khanna are now the new members of the latest bench. Stay tuned as we keep you updated with this pertinent issue. Next is an update on the Ahmed brother killings which took place on April 15th at Prayagraj when they were being taken to a hospital for medical checkup in police custody. As you already know that in April, the Supreme Court had sought a comprehensive affidavit from the Uttar Pradesh government on the steps taken to inquire into the killings and information on the inquiry into encounter killings of the other accused in Umesh Pal murder case, including Atik Ahmad's son, Assad. An affidavit has now been filed by Special Secretary Home Department on behalf of State of Uttar Pradesh. The affidavit narrates various events which took place when Atik Ahmad and his brother were in custody and the night they were killed. It states that the attackers identified as Lavlesh Tiwari, Mohit Elias Sani Purane and Arun Kumar Maurya were later arrested. Further, it mentions about various committees and commissions investigating the matter, the witnesses examined and the evidence collected. The state is also inquiring into the security lapses, which may have led the attackers to breach the security cordon. Four police officers and the SHO of Shahaganj have been suspended. The affidavit also mentions about the two-member judicial commission set up for an inquiry into police encounters that led to death of Atik's son, Mohammad Assad. The Supreme Court has today issued notice to the Delhi Commissioner of Police in an appeal by Aam Admi Party MLA, Aman Atullah Khan, challenging the opening of history sheet against him by Delhi Police in March last year, declaring him as a bad character. The matter was before a division bench of Justice Surya Khan and Justice Dipankar Datta. In the petition, Khan pointed out that he was neither a convict nor a proclaimed offender. As an instance, he mentions the case registered by the Delhi police against him for protesting against the demolition of homes and shops by the South Delhi Municipal Corporation at his constituency in May last year. He alleged that the file containing the proposal to open a history sheet against him was widely circulated in the social media with a malafide intention to sabotage his bail hearing. Previously, he had approached the Delhi High Court, which in January this year dismissed his plea, but granting him liberty to file a representation to the Delhi police. Coming to the defamation case against The Wire. Jawaharlal Nehru University Professor Amita Singh has filed a criminal defamation case against The Wire's editor and deputy editor. The complaint was filed by her in 2016, where she has referred to an article written by The Wire's deputy editor, Ajoy Ashirwad, in April 2016, titled, Dossier Call, JNU Den of Organized Sex Racket, Students' Professors' Alleged Hate Campaign. Singh had claimed that the publication imputed that she prepared a dossier allegedly depicting JNU as a den of organized sex racket. The complaint alleged that the editor did not verify the authenticity of the dossier and used it for monetary benefits of its magazine, defaming her reputation. Then, a trial court had passed a summoning order in 2017 against The Wire's editor and deputy editor on the complaint. But the summoning order was quashed by the Delhi High Court in March this year. Justice Bambani of the Delhi High Court had said that there was nothing that could be taken to be defamatory against Singh. Challenging the High Court's decision, she approached the Supreme Court, which today issued notice in the plea. Stay tuned for more developments in the case. The Supreme Court has directed the Delhi government to file an affidavit disclosing the funds used for advertisement in the last three financial years. A bench comprising Justice S.K. Call and Justice Sudhanshu Dholia passed the order on being appraised that the Delhi government was not making contribution towards the regional rapid transit system project due to budgetary constraints. The bench was informed that the Delhi government was not ready to contribute towards the project particularly towards the Delhi Alwar and Delhi Panipat Corridors and had refrained from releasing funds towards the Delhi Meerut Corridor. Justice Call said that though financial aspects should be left to the state government, but if they deny for a project of this nature, it is essential to know how much has been spent on something like an advertisement. The Delhi government has been directed to file an affidavit within two weeks. In another update, the Supreme Court today refused to entertain a PIL filed, seeking guidelines to deal with increasing suicide rates among married men subjected to domestic violence and the setting up of a national commission for men for dealing with such grievances. As the bench expressed disinclination to entertain the matter, the petitioner chose to withdraw the petition. A division bench of Justice Surya Kant and Justice Dipankar Datta, while hearing the matter, stated that male victims of domestic violence were not without any remedy and that there were adequate provisions in law to deal with it. In an update on the Delhi Liquor Policy case, the Supreme Court today refused to entertain the Enforcement Directorate's plea against a Delhi High Court decision which granted businessman Samir Mahendru interim bail for six weeks on medical grounds. A division bench of Justices Sanjeev Khanna and Bela M. Trivedi expressed its disinclination to interfere with the High Court's decision given that the period of interim bail was ending on 25th July. The investigation in the Delhi Liquor Policy case is underway. One of the people implicated in this conspiracy is businessman Samir Mahindru, who, according to the investigating agencies, was one of the major beneficiaries of the alleged irregularities in the excise policy. In September last year, the ED took the liquor baron into custody. However, last month, the Delhi High Court granted him six weeks interim bail on medical grounds. Another update regarding the same case is that the Delhi High Court today denied bail to Aam Admi Party leader and Delhi's former Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia. The Bar Council of Punjab and Haryana is set to begin a lecture series from Tuesday to provide training to junior lawyers and new entrants so that they can get clarity in their initial years of practice. As a pilot initiative, the Bar Council is scheduled to commence a lecture series lasting for 35 minutes, starting from 4th July till 15th July. These lectures will be conducted by senior advocates or experienced practitioners. The lectures will be delivered on topics such as court craft, court etiquettes, drafting, pleading and filing with registry, etc. The All India Lawyers Association for Justice has written a letter to the Bar Council of India and Bar Council of Delhi urging them to promptly take measures to ensure that all state bar councils limit the enrollment fees to 750 rupees until the courts reach a final decision on the matter. The association said that exorbitant enrollment fees being charged by various state bar councils acts as a hurdle for students from marginalized communities who aspire to enter the legal profession. As you know that recently a PIL has also been filed before the Supreme Court which challenges the exorbitant enrollment fees being charged by various state bar councils. In May this year, the bench comprising CGID DY Chud and Justice PS Narasimha had directed state bar councils to file their responses in the matter. Lastly, the Delhi High Court today asked Union Public Service Commission to file its preliminary objections on the plea moved by various civil service aspirants challenging UPSC's decision to publish the answer key of prelim's examination only after declaration of the final result. The plea calls the decision arbitrary and seeks a direction for UPSC to publish the answer key with immediate effect. On the other hand, advocate Naresh Kaushik appearing for UPSC raised a preliminary objection on the maintainability of the petition. He submitted that the impugned press note was also a part of recruitment and thus the High Court did not have the jurisdiction to entertain the petition. The aspirants had the original remedy of approaching Central Administrative Tribunal, where another group of aspirants have already moved, seeking reduction in the cutoff for qualifying Part 2, that is the CSAC exam. Justice Chandradhari Singh, however, refused to issue notice on the plea at this stage and listed the matter for hearing next on 26th of July. Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share, and subscribe and support us.